Do you want high quality wines without the high price tag? The wine concierge guarantees satisfaction with every sip. Hold on, it is better. They feature women and minority winemakers and brands. Wines made by people who look like you and me. It's an online wine store. Shop 24-7 from your home or office. They even ship to most states. Check out www.thewineconcierge.co for yourself. Use code SWIRL for your special discount and free shipping at www.thewineconcierge.co. Welcome to the Swirl Suite, everybody. This episode is our last episode of 2022. We're going to take a holiday break and gather our thoughts and get ready for the new year. Thank you all for all of your support and your listens and your shares. We truly, truly appreciate it. Guys, we are going into year eight of the Swirl Sweet Podcast. That's huge. That is really, it's really big. I'm very proud of that. So our final guest for 2022 is Channing Fry. Channing is the owner of Chosen Family Wines. He's an NBA champion, a husband, a father, a foodie, and a wine connoisseur. This is not a story of a celebrity who wanted to start a side business and decided to get into wine because it's hot or popular. Chosen Family Wines is Channing's passion project and he's so knowledgeable. He's so, so knowledgeable. It was a pleasure to end the year with him. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't already, be sure to like, subscribe, share, tag us, and check out Chosen Family Wines. Be sure to tag them as well. Well, let me tell you something. Now that we are in this, I don't know what stage of COVID, uh, UPS is cracking down. Again? Cracking down on what? On signatures. Oh, they just dropped the shit off. Yeah. So, um, we had not always put, which I realized before anybody writes me, we had not always put signature required. And now, if you do not have that on your packages, UPS will send it back to the sender. Oh. At the of $150 a package. And it costs the sender the $150? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So I'm just I'm just saying, don't get mad at your delivery person. <laughs> I was just head shaking. Oh Glennis, how did the event go? The charity event? It was marvelous. You raised 60 G's, 60,000. Wow. Off that very one nice. party. It was a it was a very nice, very nice event, very well attended. Mark Barnes and the park staff was marvelous. They did not disappoint. He had the whole park. It's where I love it. I love it. I love it. It's so much fun. It's that's, totally that's awesome. And I tell people, well, if you don't want to come to the party, if you want to make a donation, it is tax. It's a tax write-off. So I'll send y'all the link next time. Can you can you put it in the um, chat and so Sarita could share with our listeners if they want to? um... Oh yeah, most definitely. I will definitely. Okay, now you know how to figure that out. Here we go. Or just Just text email it. it. You can email it or text it to me, child. I was like, I ain't no 
<laughs> so yeah, so and, and then literally each event, um, fundraising event is the first Thursday in August. That's the back to school event, and the first Thursday in December, and that's the Christmas event. So it gives us time to you know raise the funds and you know do the shopping and they can have all their gifts before Christmas. It's very nice. That's really, really nice. Our guest is coming. Zoom is giving him a hard time, but he's coming. Um, I, I just read about his wines because I was looking for more black labels. There you go. No, no, no. That's one thing. Channing Fry will never, never be late if I have my chance. I will be five minutes early, 15 minutes early. I love it. I'm good. Yeah, yeah We're all the same way, actually. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I don't like to be late. Yeah. No, that's, that's so, it's so disrespectful. Like it mm. irks me. And in the league, you get fined five thousand dollars. Why am I giving that man that money back? I could. Be I'm sorry, you get fined that much for being late. What? Yes, that's light. That's light. Wow. That's like the now, practice. Is that practice or the game? Practice. Don't be late to a game. Oh, don't be late to a game. <laughs> I can't even imagine that. You have one job. You, you have one job, and all the money in the world. Why are you late? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Mariah Carey should have been in the league. She went. Mm. Oh, I've heard stories. And my homegirl. And my homegirl. Who's your homegirl? Oh, well. Oh. Oh. You're lucky if she even oh, showed up. Oh, my goodness. Right. I'm exactly. in Atlanta now, and, the, uh, and all the makeup artists are like, we're not going no more. So they said they had to wait three hours. Wow. And she was and just chilling. Money. I say, no song good enough. No, thank you. Mm. <laughs> Now, unless wow. you bring back from the dead, I'm not waiting three hours for nothing. <laughs> you know, there was just a meme about that, too. While you oh. They were like, if you could bring back one recording artist, who would it be? Oh, Prince, not even close. Nope. Yeah. My, and you know, to me, that too, being to my true form, I say, only one? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. My two folks, like, why are you asking me these hard questions? I got two. <laughs> that would be Marvin Gaye and Phyllis Hyman. Oh, okay. Um, oh. Um, mine are uh, Luther and Amy Winehouse. Wow. Amy. Yeah. And hey, we had a discussion best, oh. top 10 best voices she made for, and wouldn't remember, I'm in Atlanta. She made top 10 on everybody's list. Really? Now, I'm not surprised. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's amazing yeah she yeah. is oh, so did you see the special her um documentary oh. yeah i did it was heartbreaking yeah that's sad though yeah her, her whole yeah her family she, yeah but you know what that her her janice joplin eddie Ken, what's his name the Ken, oh, with the, the temptations yeah no mm-hmm. no the kendrick eddie hendrick what's the the base jimmy, oh jimmy oh, hendrix jimmy hendrix yeah lord yeah. have mercy let me drink some more of this yeah. <laughs> that's never a bad time i saw guys but i was watching i was watching tiktok three, um a while ago so and this therapist this black man he's a therapist he was like you think that you want success but success is going only going to exacerbate it everything that you're feeling at that time. So it's not going to take away your depression. It's yeah. not going to take away any feelings or hurt or pain that you're going through. It's going to make everything bigger. Yeah. So, yeah we yeah. I had to talk to doctors about this the other day. They asked me to come be a keynote speaker. Uh, my second and last year in the league, we won a championship in July. And then my mom and dad died in a month of each other from 
uh, October 23rd to Thanksgiving, which is the 22nd, 23rd of November. Wow. The rest of that year, I was like a shell. And so my buddy, our partner, Kevin Love, uh, he also went through something that year. So we kind of helped each other. You know, it's nice when you have male, alpha males go like, hey, man, like, if you go, I'll go. And we got to get together because we're not right right now. So, like, you know, that was important. And, and yeah, money doesn't fix nothing. Um, my mom, dad had cancer. And, you know, certain people are, are absolute assholes and think like, oh, you could just put money on it. I was like, if I can blend a million dollars up and give it to my mother to stay alive, I could do that. Uh, I would do that all day. It just doesn't work like that. Right. <laughs> Big dummy. Well, I love that this is going. We got a camaraderie going. So uh, we're just going to jump in. Channing, welcome to the yeah. suite. Thank you. I appreciate it. So it's for nice those being the interviewee instead of the interviewer. Yeah, I, I've been on your Instagram. You have quite the personality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh I feel like I I can only be the best version of myself if I'm like this consistently all yeah. the time. So I try to I don't try to fake the funk too much. And also like in the things that you do, um, it looks like you're having fun. You got to. You got to. If I, if I didn't like it, listen, I played 13 years in the league. I got four kids. Um, you know, their time, my family is extremely important. If I'm not doing something that I love or I feel like I, you know, it's where I'm supposed to be at the time, then I don't know. I, what? I'll walk out of a restaurant. It's not good. It don't feel good in here. Thank you. Here's a little $20 tip. Let me go about my business. You got to go where you feel good and happy and and where you're, where you're- you used to play in the NBA, you have your championship, but you guys were also titled the NBA championship of a wine team. So <laughs> you have to tell us about what that culture was like and what did y'all do? I've been on a lot of good teams. I've never been on a team that was great like that one. Um, and so the thing that got monotonous is just the season and, and your routine. Guys sit in the same spot. They listen to the same music. They play the same card games. Like, if you sit somewhere different on a bus, the whole team is up in arms. Like, no, 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 you ain't doing that. You're going to sit right back here. If I go first, you go for Like, repetitive. It's, yes, we're weirdos. So what happened was uh, how we traveled, we practiced, and Cleveland is so close to the next city, right? When you think about it geographically, especially in the East Coast, it's like, you're done with practice at one, you get to the plane by three and you have nothing to do and you get there by four, but you have nothing to do that whole night until the next game. So I was like, man, if I'm going to dinner, I might as well get my little sip on after practice, right? So, you know, my buddy was sending my business partner now was sending me wines from Oregon and I would go on a plane and I'm drinking, you know, Oregon shards and, and rosés and pinots and bubbles. And I had one glass. So one time I brought one bottle and, and two glasses and thought I was just going to share with my teammate to the right of me. Man, the whole bus, everyone was like, man, we're going to split this up like Jesus and the bread and the fish. <laughs> so I'm pouring this thing and everyone is basically getting like, look, like this much. Bloop. They're like, all right, we're going to be all right. Next time you're going to bring some for everybody. So, so. It started, it went from two to six to 12, right, a case, because we would give some to the coaches, the media, and then we would drink. And then what happened was, when it was your turn to bring wine, 
after a week or two, guys are like, oh, no, you're not going to bring that BS up in here. Like, you got to have a story behind it. So if you couldn't explain what you were bringing or why, or if it wasn't delicious, we like, hey, man, we're not wasting time on this. We got something else. So you started to really, it helped us to communicate something other than basketball to where guys would put those shields down. And so I, as I sat back from like the main table, I'm looking at this camaraderie. And then every time we went to dinner, who's, whose turn is it to pick the wine? Why? Um, we had some great stories when we were down 3-1. Uh, the night before the game, we're sitting in the lobby. Everyone's nervous. And we have, you know, a couple bottles out sitting by the fire. Uh, and there's a wedding going on. So if you can imagine 10 of the 15 Cleveland Cavaliers sitting in a hotel bar with six security guards behind us in a whole drunk wedding of Golden State Warriors fans behind us the night before the NBA game seven of the NBA finals. And then randomly, Justin Timberlake walks up and knows LeBron and knows Richard. So then he comes and sits with us. And then they had to shut off the, then they had to shut off the whole bar. Right. Then they were like letting one person in one person out. It was crazy. We were sitting there drinking wine, you know, talking about what we were doing. And the main thing was, you know, guys had iPads and was watching film, having a sip, you know, trying to relax. Uh, and the main thing was, you know, God wouldn't have let us got here. He wouldn't have put us here if it wasn't our chance to win. Right. He's, we're not we didn't come this far to lose. We came this far to win. Now, how do we do it? And then like how locked in. And these dudes were, it was locked in. Yeah, you could, it was, it was one of those nights. It was one of those nights. I can't even great. imagine the um, oh. staff. If, if you were just a random guest <laughs> in that hotel, like, damn, I'm a daughter with the habit. We got Justin, the Cavaliers, the Golden State Warriors. Hey, y'all. <laughs> From the back. Yeah. Hey. And then wine. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The tribe. Yeah. What? I'm like, it's so heartwarming. And I'm going to stereotype here, but it's so heartwarming to hear like men love wine and yeah. are enthusiastic about wine and like get into the story because that really is what makes yeah. wine. And you're not talking about spirits. No offense to the spirits people, no. but you're not talking about spirits at all. So I Right. No, 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 no. I think um, so, you know, I think how most NBA players journeys go is. You know, if you're meeting with a businessman, most businessmen, you might start off with like an old fashioned or martini, wherever that is. Then when it comes to dinner, they drink wine. Most people, they drink wine like pros, white bird, you know, something maybe if they're crazy, something from New Zealand, some fresh, crisp. Nobody's really, no offense, nobody's ordering a lot of that California shard right now. They may go get a Riesling from New York. You know, for me, it's like, you're learning how the business, the Fortune 500, the bosses um, drink. But then you go, well, let me just order the most expensive thing on the menu. But that's how you can tell someone's at the beginning for an NBA player, right? When you really don't look at the menu, you go something big, uh, you, know, you know, Silver Oak or something like that, right? And everyone at the table who knows one is like, ah, you know, we could go somewhere else. So not no offense to Silver Oak, it's just it's just a or Camus or one of those big reds. It's just what we were uh, as as the journey goes, your palate starts to redefine what is important to you. And you know, I could always tell um, the people that really know wine, that really love and drink wine, 
whether that's winemakers or wine enthusiasts, in my world, the two wines that people freak out the most about, more than Burgundy and more than Bordeaux, are crazy Rieslings from Germany that are really hard and elusive to get in Northern Rhone Syrah. We just, um, we actually just completed a series with the Washington Wine Organization. And one oh, of the awesome. winemakers makes um, phenomenal Syrahs. And What's they it? are, oh, um, wait. So he's a grower. So he doesn't have a yeah. winery, but he's a grower. Washington has. Bushy. Bushy. Right? Yeah. Yes. Think- Dick Boucher. Boucher. Oh, okay. So um, they are still trying to figure out in Washington why Syrah has not been their signature grape because it's so good that comes from there, but they just can't figure it out what their signature grape is. So in my, in my, because we make a Syrah from Walla Walla from the Lake Colleen Vineyard uh, with a collaboration uh, winemaker of ours. And so for us, yes, yes. So I think for us, when we want to introduce that grape Syrah, sometimes when you go to like the rocks or some of those other places, it has a lot of barn on it, right? And I'm saying barn in a way where it's, some people like that funk, other people can't get, like new drinkers can't get past that funk on their nose. But if you plug your nose and drink it, they're like, this is the greatest thing I've ever tasted. But you can't get, you can't get, you, you, you taste with your nostrils first. So you appreciate that. Like we have a little bit of the rocks in our Syrah, but it gives it the texture and it gives it like um, levels, right? To like what you're tasting, it might be a little little chewiness to it. But I think sometimes in Washington, they make it so big, right? Trying to make it big and oaky and, and like there's no restraint to it. The ones that I like that have restraint are like Gramercy Cellars makes a great one. Uh, I know Force Majeure makes a good one. Um, uh, now I'm going to have a brain fart. I actually had uh, a good Cayuse. And most people, though, the Cayuse and Horsepower are known for big barn. But I happened to get one that was in one year that had enough age on it. That was just, it was just exactly what you wanted. I say that all the time about Pinotage from South yeah. Africa. People cannot get past the nose to taste that it's a beautiful—not yeah. all of them, but that the funk on the nose does not dictate what it tastes like. <laughs> right. I think that's what's interesting about wine. I think you look at where wine has come from and what people are programmed to like. They—if something's not 100% new oak and it doesn't burn the nostrils, you know, the hair out your nostrils and take the enamel off your teeth. They're like, oh, this is not a big wine. But for me and how new younger winemakers are, are trying to be way more restrained, way more indicative of the, the, the terroir that they're working with, because that's the only way you're going to separate yourself, right? Like we have um, in not this year, not 2023, the beginning, like Q2 of like quarter two of like 2024, we have a Howl Mountain cab coming out. So we found a nice little Cabernet site coming out there. And for me, when I tell people, what's the difference between Howell Mountain and like the main strip? I go, it's a world of difference. It's a world of difference. And then when you show them, they go, oh, I like this so much better, but they can't make as much because it's mountainous Cabernet fruit. So, you know, there's just so many things that are evolving and happening. And when you get more people that don't look like 
the people that previously made wine, their story is going to be different and their perspective is going to be different. I know I'm the, I'm the far left case of this, you know, but I'm saying even the younger winemakers that we work with, uh, the ones that we work with and collaborate with and tell their story, they make wine that made us as a group, as a partnership go, hey, yo, you're killing it right here. How do I work with you? Like, how do I tell your story on my platform, on Chosen's platform, so that more people enjoy that wine um, and enjoy like just the wine industry in general? So uh, let's go back to... Um your introduction, like tell people who you are and what you do and what Chosen is about and how it works. Uh, I'm Channing Fry. I'm 40. I like long walks on the beach. No, no, I don't like walking long on the beach. It's too cold. Um, you know, so for me, I played 13 years in NBA. Um, I won a championship in 2016. I retired in 2018, 19. So I've been retired three, four years. Uh, I work full-time at Turner. I'm actually uh, here in Atlanta right now, getting ready to do a show and Two and a half hours. And so uh, before I retired, uh, my wife, you know, once I said I was going to retire, my wife and I sat down and I'm a busybody. And she was like, you got to start writing down what makes you happy outside of basketball. And to be honest, that was extremely daunting because since I was in sixth grade, second grade, all I knew was basketball. There was nothing more important than that until my family. But again, that's my job. That pays the bills, that's generational wealth. That, that gives me the option to do what I want. And I've never had options in my life, right? Which is scary. So I had to really break it down into what makes me happy? Who do I want to be around? How can I change something, whether it's small or big, that industry, whatever I'm doing? Um, and how can I um, just wake up and be excited to do? So I'm sitting on an airplane with Kevin and we're drinking wine. And we're like, man, we should have a wine. We should do wine, right? We should do our own thing. So Kevin and I are writing in a journal all the things that we wanted to do. Like I would own it. We would be based out of Oregon. We would want to work with other winemakers. Uh, it wouldn't just be about chosen. It would be about telling the stories that a lot of winemakers aren't very good at, right? They're farmers, right? I work in media, I could talk all day, allow me to tell your story for you because all the tide rises all boats. So at Chosen, we have two different parts of our, our brand. Uh, one, which is the simple label that just has a C, that goes into the marketplace. That is our way of uh, getting people into this industry um, without breaking their budget, for, from our point of view, for making a top-notch Willamette Valley Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, and then we have bubbles, 16-month bubbles coming next year that are going to be amazing. So, And we have four years on Lee's uh, traditional Champenois method coming out in a year. So we got a lot of stuff. So yeah, the brain is working. So anyways, Chosen is about um, really just sharing the enjoyment and the laughter and the knowledge and the conversation uh, that we have had over my 15 years of being in Oregon with the world. Um, you know, people out, you know, I'm always sitting at the bar and I'll have a glass of wine like, oh, why are you drinking that? It is the one drink that when you put it down, people ask questions or they have an opinion, without a doubt. And so that type of conversation, especially because we started during COVID, was we were without as, as just a, a general group of people. Um, and so our way of conversating was over a bottle of wine. And so I'd chosen, 
Uh, we want to share that, but we also want to be inclusive to people who are like, I don't know about Pinot Noir. Like, I don't like Mayomi. And I'm like, no offense to Mayomi, that ain't Pinot Noir, my dog. Like, as it, hot juice in a glass. Like, try it because you may want to come out to Oregon and you're going to be educated when you go out there to enjoy it more. Um, and then the second part of the our, our brand is the 100 case, the picture, like the Syrah that you have. The picture shows where we got the wine. Yep. So that's the gorge on the drive from Oregon to Washington. That's the gorge. And if you look at our um, Fort Ross, Cebu, Cebu, Sonoma, Coast Pino, that's the coastal range that they actually surf at. Um, and then our Dundee Hills, Pinot Noir. That's our the one you'll see in the marketplace. It's simple. It's right there. It's easy to read. No problem. And the other part is we just tell those collaboration stories. That's fun for us. Um, learning, learning about Syrah, learning about Sonoma Coast, How Mountain Cab, Bubbles. And then we have an opportunity to make one or two other high-end wines that we're in you know, talks with right now. But that's for somebody that knows exactly what they want, or that's somebody that has trusted us over the years because of the quality of our product that they go, well, I love their Chardonnay for 35. I could trust you with 60. Oh, I love the 60. Maybe I could get one bottle for 100 because I know that it's made like white burgundy from a white burgundy winemaker who actually works in Oregon. And that's coming out in March. <laughs> so we got stuff coming for, we, we try to, nobody drinks the same wine every night. I think that's weird. Explore, right? Put a different bottle down and then talk to your friends, you know, cook for each other. Like, Get back to having some empathy and some connection with your people. But you'd be amazed, Channing, mm. how people are afraid to do that. I'll get ready to say the same thing, Leslie. Some they're, people they're, yeah. are creatures of habit and they will drink the same bottle right. and gift the same bottle and bring <laughs> the same bottle where I had to tell some people, don't bring me no wine. Don't I'm bring okay. don't. That's Just give me a $25 shell of mobile <laughs> gift card. I'm good. Well, I, th I think brands, a lot of brands nowadays are like, here, drink this, boom, 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 without telling a story behind it. For us, which is tedious, we're trying to tell stories for every single wine that comes out because how we make it is how a boutique winemaker would make it. We blind taste every vineyard we have as a group. And we have to come to a decision as a group. Why? What is that? Is that indicative of what happened that year? So like our 2019 chosen, it was a wet year. Um, and so that's going to be a little bit bigger, a little bit more, I would say like wet forest floor, right? It's going to be a little mossy, a little bit, I don't want to say muddy, but you know, not it's not muddy. But you know what I'm trying to say, texturally. People love that, but they didn't love it the first month. They didn't love it the first six months. And I was like, Y'all, just, you got to let it breathe a little bit. Like, let it grow. 2020, we didn't even make red wine from Oregon because of the smoke. We only made Chardonnay. Now, in 2021s that are come out, those things are smoking. Those things are ready to go right now. And so each wine is different. But if I'm not educating you, it still seems like this, like, I don't know, like this weapon coming at you of, like, consumerism. Like, here, buy it, buy it, buy it. I'm like, no, be educated. If you like the 19s, try a 21. Then you know, do I like this or do I like that? And then you can go wherever you want. But again, I would rather be the source of information for you because I don't, I feel like I'm a lot less intimidating than other people. I know I'm seven foot, but you know, 
the glasses make me look super wine nerdy. So I've been getting this question a lot lately. And Leslie and Glennis, I don't know if you get this too, but people ask me, why are celebrities getting into wine? Why is that a thing now? And um, I didn't really have an answer because I don't really know. But wine is hot right now. No, you seem like a different type of celebrity. You are in it. Though you you yeah. can just hear it in the way you speak. There's a passion behind it. Um, what do you think about celebrities who aren't really educated in wine, sort of getting into the business? You can be honest. Okay, here's here's my honest take. Right, I'm in it because I'm the boss, and I'm tired of people asking me how involved am I. Right, I almost cussed somebody out the other day, and I asked him. I said, "Would you ask another winemaker, a vintner, that question? Do you ask me that because I'm under 40?" Do you ask me that because I'm black or I'm an athlete? I was like, I, I, it's me, my guy, Jake, our CEO, and Joe, our one employee, and we do everything at Chelsea, right? We have help. Obviously, we have help, but we do everything from phone calls to lawyers to picking grapes, all that. And I would have it no other way. I could not be a leader in this space for the next generation if I allowed everyone to do everything before it actually gets done. Then I wouldn't know how to tell you how to get it done, right? If I don't live it, how can I pass that on? Um, and so that was a responsibility. And also, I don't like lying on TV. As much as I got to talk about Chosen, for me to sit up here and BS and blow smoke up people's butts, if I'm not involved, how can I tell you what's coming out? Or how can I tell you how much a bottle is or corks or like how you should go about it? I think a lot of NBA players love wine. It is extremely engaging, both mentally and uh, it's, it pops like this. It's always about the future, right? Wine is always about six months, a year, two years, four years, right? Like we start a business that was three years ago or yeah, three years ago. And we had to buy grapes for bubbles three years ago and plan that out. So that's four years sunken costs. So you got to plan things out. Um, I think a lot of NBA players get into it because they think it is easy. Um, And people, vineyards go, hey, we have 10 acres. We'll give you three. And you put your label on it because you love it and we'll market it and do that. But at the end of the day, do they know what those other seven taste like? Most likely no. Right. I know what those other seven taste like. I've done the work. You do the research. You have to be educated about what you're doing. So I think there are guys evolving in this space. But until you live it, which is hard to do for guys in NBA, it's almost impossible. you got to have a hell of a team around you, which is why I surrounded myself with two different winemakers. Right. And somebody who works in the industry and other and three other four other winemakers that we're collaborating with that I could call. Hey, how is this tasting? What about this vineyard? What area is this? Should we go here? How do we lower our our cogs down? How do we get in the marketplace? So all these things are for the future. Um, And so I think wine, again, is extremely engaging. It is such a big, you know, we're in a big instead of having a big chain, you got a bottle of wine with your name on it, you know. Channing Fry wine, they go, put it on the table. Look at me. Ah. But really, I, and this is honest truth, and this is not hating on anybody. If you're not making 500 to 1,000 cases, you're not really in the wine game. You're not, you're not in the wine game. 500 to 1,000 cases a year. There's a lot of players and athletes and celebrities that don't make a lot of wine, that charge a lot of money, and then they're like, oh, I'm in the wine industry. I'm like, no, you're not. That's like you had a Christmas gift and you're just selling it to people. We're up to, it's true. It, it just, you're not pushing the culture 
because you're not really looking for a, a winery. You're not really engaging on where you're getting a grapes from or challenging. We work with eight different varietals, right? We work up and down the West Coast with six different winemakers. So the education part has to be there for us, for me, if I'm gonna speak on it. And number two, we wanna be extremely authentic to us. And you know, obviously there are some really good athletic brands that are out there, but there are also some ones that just suck. And it sucks because I get compared to them, right? It's like, oh, is your wine like this? I go, well, you only got two wines. We got nine, like for everyone, whether you have $20 or $150, we got wine for you because that's the only way you're gonna be inclusive. You can't say, oh, I got 50 cases of $150 wine. You're not being inclusive. Are you giving that away? <laughs> I think we give away 50 wines, 50 cases of wine a year just to people to taste. I think uh, I think the consumer knows who's involved and who's not involved. Um, a few summers ago, we interviewed another celebrity basketball player who has a wine. And we had asked him a similar question. And similar to you, he got, he was like a little offended because he was like, I take this seriously. I'm involved in um, the process. We, I mean, we've interviewed other people where we're like, they don't know anything about the wine. So it is very refreshing. Say this again. Oh, you know, okay, okay. Never mind, never mind, never mind. We'll tell you later. We'll tell you later. We'll tell you, we'll tell you offline, but it's it's a beautiful product. Yeah, it's really it's very nice yeah yeah but it's but it but it, it comes across it it comes across who's involved and who's just right. lending their name as another income stream right and and those individuals really don't last long in the market no thank no. god yeah no, true i'm in this for i am in this and, and i think and here is my end goal because, you know, when you talk to people, when you, we're looking for vineyards right now. So we work backwards, right? So we start off in the marketplace um, to see we're getting ready to open up New York, Ohio, California, Arizona, Washington. We're already opened up Oregon and maybe Hawaii. So we wanted to get that out there to. Oh, wait a minute. When you say open up, open up. Marketplaces, meaning Marketplace. our wines might be in, whether that's restaurants, gotcha. grocery stores, wine shops. Okay. So we want to share our wine, but we had to make enough wine to be able to share it, right? Because at the beginning, we only made 125 cases. The first ever, we had 125 cases that sold out in two months. We made 50 cases of rosé that sold out in a day. But then all of a sudden, we're looking in our, our cart on our website, and all these people are just left with nothing. And so I'm like, how could, what am I, t- I'm not telling a story if I don't have a product, if I have nothing to share with you, to pour with you. And what am I doing? I'm not, I'm not really in the wine industry, right? When's the last time you've been to a winery and they go, oh, sorry, we only made a hundred cases. We don't have nothing for you to pour. It just, it doesn't make sense. It's a cat and mouse game of like, how much can you sell and how much can you make and at what quality? Um, and so for us, we're working backwards because now the demand for us and the responsibility as me as a, a black man to be able to provide opportunities, jobs, in good situations in the valley, I have to find a place, chosen us to find a place that is home. And that it's, you have to know every little itty bit about your business. If you're gonna invest three, six, 10, $15 million into something, 
And they asked me my end goal, what is it at the end of it? And I go, I want my kids to have an opportunity to have even more uh, opportunities in this, in this situation. Every vineyard I go to that they're not at school, they come with me, right? My kids have seen almost every vineyard that I have. They ask me questions. We have the 88 smells box, which is a great uh, way to engage little kids. So I have 12, 10, six, and four. And so that's a game they love playing. What smell is this? Because it, it engages you differently. They like different foods now. Because they're like, oh, is that nutmeg? Oh, is that a walnut? Oh, is this apricot? Yes, it is. So for me, it's not just about the winery. It's about like what people see the winery as and what it has become as a, a culture getter. If I, have, if I have the baddest, most multicultural winery in the States, I'm moving the needle in wine. And that is my end goal. That is my end goal, to move the needle like that. I think that's uh, outstanding because you're training them at an age to be able to differentiate the different olfactory senses yeah. that then they can recognize on the palate later on. And if you do it very young, by the time they are of age yeah. where they're about to take over the business for you from you or start their own, nobody, as you said, can blow smoke up, you know what? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> and I think that's, and that's a, that's admirable because I, that's a piece yeah. that's missing in our children's lives. Yeah. Cause we work so hard. We grind so hard. We forget I, to teach them how to, how, not how to enjoy. grind because they see it, but what's involved in grinding and whatever it is. I also think like, if you think about how a normal American eats, we only have four or five real smells, grease, sugar, <laughs> like salt. Like we don't really, <laughs> like when I was, um, you know, everyone's like, ah, oh, take your sommelier test. And I go, oh, I want to talk like how, I, like how I talk, but translate wine nerd to regular person, layman. And if I know too much, if I, if I start to speak that language, I'm going to lose the people that don't understand that language. So things I would do is they would say, okay, here's what your wine smells like, wet rock. So I live near uh, basically a forest, a tri it's called Tryon Creek. It's 17 miles in the middle of a forest. And obviously it's wet in Oregon. When they were like, hey, it smells like wet forest. My big ass went into this bush and was smelling the bush. And like, we'll go to another thing and smell it and put my face in the mud to smell it, to, to feel it, to not and taste it, right? That's gross. But like, you gotta go out there and do those things because that's what real winemakers do. That's what people who wanna have the best product. If they wanna be able to relate what they're saying to a person, they gotta use real things. Like somebody goes, lemon zest? I was like, what is a lemon zest? So I went to the bar, right? I'm here at the Four Seasons. I was like, hey man, what's lemon zest? He goes, shh, shh, there you go. I was like, damn, yes, exactly. Right. And then you just try these things. And I think it's it's engaging for the mind, which is why I love wine. It does not stop. And as much as I think I know, I don't know crap. <laughs> and I'm OK with that. You, you're, yeah, you're right. You all have to have, yeah, and, and especially in this industry, if you have never tasted it, your brain cannot tell you what you're tasting. And yeah. it's paramount especially for wine individuals who want to get these different certifications and you have to test 
on taste. And I, and I said this on previous wine podcasts before, when I was doing my WSET2 training, I'll never forget the people in the class said, it tastes like um, a green beans. I said, I'm African-American. My <laughs> green beans don't taste like that. By the time you add the seasoning oh, salt yeah. and the, the ham hock or whatever, yeah. mine don't taste like that. And you know, you saw the bougie little other black one. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the <laughs> professor said, she has made a very valid point. If yeah. your mind does not say, oh, I've had that. And, and it'd be very, give you another example. I had never tasted, compared the two, a black currant and a red currant. Yeah. Who sits down and says, this is black currant, this is red currant? Nerds. Right. <laughs> so you have to go out and do exactly what you did. Maybe not at a bar, but like go to a... Uh, a farmer's rest. market yeah. or a supermarket yeah. and said, let me taste this in its raw state. Yeah. And so that's very. Like when I say okay. uh, like our wine, so we make uh, Pinot Noir from the Dundee Hills. So when I tell people, oh, this is volcanic soil, they don't know that that's, to me, that's where that little bit of spicy comes from, right? Where if we make it from like another AVA, like Yola Amity or somewhere closer to the coast, it's going to be a lot more soft you're a lot more fruity right because you're getting that coastal coolness right and i think you know if you don't you can read all the books you want but if you're not trying which is the fun part and do it with friends if you're not trying blind tasting is like the best way because it stops all the label stuff people drink with their label with their eyes oh look at this label this is expensive it's french man, you wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> so, I mean, a funny story is like my wife doesn't drink red wine. It makes her ups stomach upset um, after we had our kids. That she had her kids. Well, um, and her and her sisters only drank white wine. And so I was like, all right, man, y'all are too all over the board of what you think you like. So I literally went to the cellar and got 12 different white wines from... Sancerre to California Savion Blanc to coastal Chardonnay, like California to, like I said, New Zealand uh, Chardonnay to Oregon Chardonnay to, uh, you know, uh, everywhere in, in between and blind tasted them all. And by the end of it, they were like, these three or four is my range. And I was like, this is exactly what I wanted to know. Cause now I know what to buy you. And then we'll expand this range We'll do this once every two years because I, you know, I got wine, I don't that much. And we'll, uh, you know, and we'll expand this. But it was fun. It was engaging. It was one of the best conversations I've had in years. Hey there, our wine lover friends. Imagine this, not having to go to the wine store. Someone delivering wines directly to your home or office. Better yet, imagine having wines produced by women, Black and Latinx winemakers and owners. Your dreams have come true. Honestly, they really did. Swirl Suite listeners, The Wine Concierge makes this happen. The Wine Concierge is an online wine store that features affordable handcrafted wines produced by women and minority winemakers, vintners, and owners from boutique vineyards. They have an amazing selection of domestic and international wines. Trust me, I've tried them. And they deliver to most states. Use code SWIRL for a special discount and free shipping on their holiday bundles and wines. 
visit www.thewineconcierge.co to use your discount. Again, the site is www.thewineconcierge.co. So back to the vineyards really quick. So um, can you tell us about how you choose your vineyards and then how do you choose your winemakers? There's a whole new generation of winemakers coming up. I saw that you work with the Roots Fund. They are creating so many black winemakers and people of color. So tell us how you choose the vineyard and the winemaker. I'll start with with the, oh, so how do we pick our vineyards? Uh, So it comes down to number one, uh, research. So whether we're in Carlton, Yamhill, Carlton, Yola Amity, Ribbon Ridge, now I'm naming AVAs in Oregon. If I'm in all those, I'll get, we'll get a bottle from each one in blind taste. And then we have just an idea from reputable places, an idea of what that tastes like. We'll work with our winemaker and we'll say, is this, can we get this? Or is this going to be really good next year? And so then we'll try the juice as it's coming. Now, Let's say we work with 10 different uh, vineyards. When we blind taste, we got to pick the main focus. We got to pick the, the, the steak, right? The, the taste. But that comes from tasting all of them and going, what does this year taste like? Is it a dry year? Is it a cold year? Is it a wet year? Is it a weird year? But you, we all have to agree what that year was. Now, which is pretty easy. If it's wet, it's wet. If it's dry, it's dry. Now we have to say, how do we tell that story? Because we're not telling the story about one single vineyard. We're telling the story about the Willamette Valley. So for us, it's a snapshot of an overhead picture of the Willamette Valley. So when we're tasting stuff, we're like, yeah, that might be a little too much, but I like that as part, a pinch of this. And then we'll go, this is the body of the wine. So the vineyards, as we continue to grow and as we evolve, those vineyards are going to get a lot more specific based on what they've shown us to do in the past. And they all have different names. Uh, I mean, I could just run off six or seven, but um, you would be like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> oh, and then, okay, um, the Roots Fund. Uh, so when, I, when we started Chosen, my partner and I looked at uh, each other and I said, hey, man, I have a bigger responsibility than to just do wine. And so uh, our first year, which was a beast, we started um, something called the One Barrel Challenge. We got one year of it done where we asked people in the Valley and hopefully it's evolving to people in California and Washington to donate one barrel and they donate it and we put it in a specific label. And then we send the money off to places like our legacy harvested, Ahi boy, the roots fund is where we met a Kimmy um, and became good friends with her. She's amazing. Um, and for me, you know, speaking with the Kimmy and seeing how she's doing things also reminds me daily, weekly, monthly of the responsibility I have to make sure that not only I'm putting out good wine, but I'm running a good business so that when people want an opportunity, I may have something for them or to to move them to somewhere else. Um, And lastly, how we pick our winemakers is number one, we got to love your wine, one. And number two, you have to be cool. We have to be able to go to dinner with you. Right. We, we, if we can't sit and talk, if you're not a person of morals or got a family or want to do something special, this is not just a money grab. We're asking for 100 cases. That thing is moving like hotcakes. So this is really not about the money. It's about telling your story and encouraging people to expand 
their their mind and expand where they're going. Not a lot of people know about Walla Walla. Not a lot of people know about Fort Ross Seaview, right? Or Sonoma Coast. They just know Napa and, and that's about it. So for me, if I'm able to use my platform and Kevin and Chosen's platform to tell these stories, especially about great people who make great wine, who want to do better by the industry, it is a pleasure for me. I will take time out of my day to do that. And then thirdly, which is the best thing, they're making great wine. This is not Channing's wine. This is our wine. You know, most winemakers sit there, you know, with their little things, dibbling and dabbling by themselves. But when they got to sit in a room with one or two other winemakers, it is engaging to them because they're getting to bounce off stuff. And I'm in a room like, what? Because then they nerd out. When you get two or three winemakers in a room, it's like speaking Mandarin Chinese sometimes. I'm like, okay, tone this down. Tone that down for me. But it's fun. But again, we blind taste. And usually our my palate, along with everyone else's, is pretty much on the same page. And we've had some uh, great opportunities to make some great wines. And I'm excited. What's next? The more people send me stuff on Instagram, I will look up any wine and buy a bottle of any wine. If you're like, hey, Channing, these people are doing great. Try this out. Look at them up. I'll, I'll reach out. We're looking, constantly looking for, for new people across the country. Before we move on to our closeout questions, tell yep. everybody what wines you make now and are they available to us? We're on the East Coast. So yes and no. Okay. <laughs> yes and no. Um, so we are, as we expanded and growing, we always are evolving. And so the best way to get our wines is chosenfamilywines.com. Um, we are a, still a, a internet brand um, that is growing, an internet wine brand that's growing. Um, but again, we're learning if the demand in New York is growing like we think it is or like it should or anywhere else, we have to buy that license to sell there legally. But we're not against that. But as a small business, you know, like we got to we can't just be everywhere. You know, just if we're in North Dakota and nobody buys wine in North Dakota, we're wasting thousands of dollars a month or a year for having a license. So we go where the demand is. Um, and so if you say, hey, Channing, enough is enough get the license in New York, we will do it. Uh, you're talking to the boss here. <laughs> but right now we have um, under the chosen family, small logo. So like what would I say that our Willamette Valley blends? Uh, we have a 19 and a 21 Pinot. Um, and then we ran out of Chardonnay a while ago, but we have our 21s out, our 21 uh, Chardonnay. And lastly, we have a little bit of our Chardonnay Rosé. I think we only have a couple cases of that left. Rosé is good all year. And yes, it is Chardonnay Rosé. Uh, it is absolutely delicious. That's another whole story of how we got that. Yes. I said, I had to look at the label. It's 80% Chardonnay, 20% yeah, 80, 20. The 20 is for color. Uh, we didn't want something that was a fruit bomb. You know, Rosé is an oversaturated market. So for us, we're about acidity, freshness, and we wanted to pay it as much attention as we do the other wines. Because if I, you know, the responsibility I had to tell our team is, guys, I'm the one talking about chosen most of the time, like the face. If I come out with a boo-boo wine that I have not done a due process on, I'm going to get killed. They're going to say, and we knew it. We knew it. So every wine that comes out goes through the same tedious, disciplined process so that the quality is the same. Whether you like it or love it or don't, you can always say the, the quality is always going to be there. Um, and then right now we have 
uh, our Syrah. So like in our collaborations, we have a little bit of our Salty Goats from last year. It's drinking really well right now. Uh, we have a little bit, I mean, tiny, like less than 10 cases of our 19 Longaloa estate. So now we're talking single vineyard, upper, upper price range of these things. Um, and then she showed you the Syrah that just came out. I think that's a raw. It was a warm year in Lake Colleen and Walla Walla. So it's, you're getting way more of that purple, chewy fruitiness, which I really like. And I think that wine is good from now to 10 years, I would say probably 10. Um, and then we're coming out with a, a single vineyard Chardonnay this week that I'm really excited about. Uh, and then the other stuff that's coming out in March and spring is different, but those are the things we have now. So seven or eight wines. Um, we got a choice for a lot of whatever you want, especially during the holidays. And that Chardonnay is not oaky. And I hate when people ask me that. Uh, we use more once-overs. And again, our whole thing is not to, the, the oak will frame the fruit in most of the wines that we make. The oak is just going to give it some structure, some flavor. So it's not flimsy. This is awesome. We could do this for oh, hours. Thanks. Yeah. I'm, we could absolutely yeah. do this for hours. <laughs> Anytime um, you guys want to come on, it's fine with me. Yeah. Um, girls, any other questions um, for Channing before we do our closeouts? I, I do. Um, I, I think, I guess it's three very quick questions. The one, I see that there's four signatures on the back. They're your four partners in this chosen family. Um, how did you all come up with the name chosen for the brand? And how did you all come together? I, I think I might've missed that in your story. No, we didn't talk about it. Uh, basically me. <laughs> I'm the connector of the middle of all that. I uh, played ball with Kevin. I've known uh, Jake for 15 years. Uh, I've known Chase for eight now. Um, Chase is a winemaker at Longolo Estate. Uh, that's where we did our first collaboration from. That's what the, the ch chosen Longolo collab Chardonnay is coming out this week. Absolutely amazing shard. Um, Kevin is also Kevin. And we have one small member partner, uh, Scott Lawrence, who's the owner of Breakside Brewing, who also helps us within Chosen. But uh, the name Chosen Family came from that situation I told you earlier on, um, when after my parents died, I just didn't have a lot of, I always use myself as a train, right? We're just going down the tracks. And, you know, sometimes that, that thing gonna take you to the right or the left. And so during that time, I just, nothing was making me happy. Like the joy of basketball was just gone. And the only time I was happy was just being around um, my friends and family. And I only have one brother and two cousins on my dad's side. Um, and so for me, my teammates really, and my best friends really became my brothers. Um, they like lifted me up. They were like, Channing, we know what you need. Let's go get this Italian place. We'll pop these, but, oh, you got a 2002 Barolo. You got a Sasakai. You got a this. But the, what, and, and I said this before, it was the conversations and the camaraderie and the, I think because they knew I was broken, they let down their guard. And so I learned more about them. And that's what changed from teammates to brothers. You can laugh with, you can cry with. They become your, your family. Um, and we just want to be the center of that, that table while you do that, or the chair, if you're watching, whatever you're watching, you know, could be basketball, football, you know, Jeopardy, family feud. <laughs> Excellent. And can we get a commitment 
So when you drop the bubbles, can you come back on where we can taste and pop with so, you? Yeah, yeah. So we'll have, I think of right now, we're, we're probably going to go a 16-month bubbles. That's going to be between 40 and 50 bucks. And I think we'll probably do a Blancs of Blanc and a Blancs of Noir. Uh, but that's, you know, this is what, this is my wish list. We just have to find the right vineyard. We like high elevation, so we don't want it to be too sweet. We're going to keep the dosage pretty low, uh, keep the sugars low. But, you know, if it's Sunday, pop that thing, you know, get your brunch on. But then our four years is going to be amazing, especially the first year, uh, Blanc to Blanc. Um, been tasting it. It's like that green apple is just exactly what I want. Um, yeah, that's yes. Yes, I will come back on for sure. <laughs> All right. So these are Christmas closeout questions. Perfect. Pretty much this or that. No explanation needed. Just either or. Done. Got she it. just okay. said that for me. Glennis, <laughs> did you hear the instructions? <laughs> no, because it don't ever work that way. It's neither yep. this or uh -huh, that. Look, you're okay, talking already. Okay, okay. First one, homemade gifts or store boy gifts? Uh, homemade gifts. I have kids. I'd rather them take the time and give me a gift. Gift card. Don't buy me nothing because people can't buy for me. So I don't even, if you go homemade my gift card, I'm good. But if mm. not, go to the store and buy my gift card and let yeah. me get my own gift. Homemade gifts. Um, mine is homemade. However, only if you can cook. You just I, said no explanation. I know. No, I'm just, just saying. Kidding. If it's food, if it's food, homemade. Other than that, I don't really need homemade stuff. Um, okay. Irish coffee or hot toddy? Oh, hot toddy. I had one yesterday. Crushed that thing. Hot toddy Crushed. for me too. Hot toddy. Oh, because I love coffee. And but I love hot. Oh, I hate these questions. I'm not okay. I'm gonna uh, Irish. Irish. Okay. Irish. Okay. <laughs> ugly ugly sweater party or Christmas cocktail party. Cocktail parties. <laughs> I'm ugly sweater because I, I love it because people get, they let their guards down. And it's matter of fact, I got an ugly sweater on right now. People don't let their <laughs> guard, guard down. Uh, I right, love I that. No, and I'm and the reason why I said they let their guards down because they, they, when they come with an ugly sweater, they want to have fun. You get yeah. a lot of pretentiousness yeah. with um, cocktail true. parties sometimes. It's true. Yeah. That, that's why. And I you said. can have that's cocktails true. at the ugly sweater party. And we did. There you go. <laughs> Sunday. True, true, true. There you go. <laughs> Um, I'm an ugly sweater too. You too. Yeah. Okay. Ugly sweater. Yeah. Real or fake tree? Oh, real tree. Real. Fake. Real. Real, real for me. Ain't nobody cleaning up the if you <laughs> If you could spend the holidays. You think I'm cleaning a, them up? That's what a vacuum's for. <laughs> Done. <laughs> <laughs> if you could spend the holidays in a foreign country, what country would you choose? Oh, France. Not even close. France, where? Uh, everywhere. I got everywhere. a car. Okay. A little time in Champagne, Burgundy, Bordeaux, Paris, France, or Nice, Provence. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Eating like a king out there. Like, speaking, speaking like a baller. I love it. Yeah, that's that's kind of nice. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Did you imagine uh, all the snows coming down the Eiffel Tower? You got a nice Montrachet. What? What are we doing? But for the non ball, is, was the question is, where would you do no, it? No, no, no. Budget Country doesn't for matter. Christmas? <laughs> Wait, 
Yeah, I know. He just convinced all of us that's what we need to be doing. Leslie, what did you say, Paris? No, I was going to say the Alps because I want the snow. Oh, I love that. I I want that. Alps in France. I'm going to go with France, too. It's hard. Yes. The food is too good. The wine is too good. Glennis. Glennis is our world traveler. Yeah. I know. I was thinking, see, I thought Glennis was going to, was thinking more. Like, I am thinking Mm. more. Uh Uh-huh. Mr. Fry (laughs) kind of screwed it up when he went, because, you know, I love, I love Monaco in Provence. So I can do that. But I go back to Jamaica in a minute, anytime. Okay. 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 Tropical. All right. Next question. Secret Santa or White Elephant? Uh, what's a white elephant? What's that white one? elephant exchange? That's where you just get a gift that's under a certain amount. And then you sort of take turns picking that gift under a tree. Right. Okay. So and store. you can you can steal. Steal gifts. <laughs> yeah. Secret Santa for me. Uh, oh, I would rather do the white elephant. Uh, it's white elephant for me, too. I think it's fun. Yeah. 100% white elephant. Yeah. I like to do it with my family. Mm. And and just like take the gift from my mom. <laughs> <laughs> See, Leslie, that's horrible. Oh, that's, that's so funny. I'm with stick with Secret Santa. That is a show. That's a wrap, everybody. Channing, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank great. you for having me. This is oh, great. this was excellent. I'm so glad awesome. I came to yeah. bed. Yeah. Thank, you. thank you. Yeah, and before you go, tell everybody where they can follow you on social media. Uh, Channing Fry everything. So Channing Fry on Twitter, Channing Fry on Instagram. Uh, I'm cleaning up my Facebook for everyone over 70. Uh, you know, Channing Fry YouTube. Yeah. Well, thanks again. Thanks again, Chat uh, Channing. Everybody, happy holidays. This is our last episode of 2022. So we will oh. see you next year. Thanks for joining the Swirl Suite. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, leave us five stars, and leave us a comment. We love ratings. Also, be sure to follow all of us on social media. Myself at Buy Me Up, Glennis at Vino Noir, Girl Meets Glass is Tanisha, Vino 301 is Leslie, and you can follow the Swirl Suite podcast account at Swirl Suite. The Swirl Suite is now a part of the Alive Podcast Network. This episode has been edited and produced by Vime Up Media.